Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome to the final episode in my mini-series, Within a Series, with Trivial Theater. There are still a couple more Peter and the Wolf episodes coming, but this is my last one with Nikki. In the past two episodes, we looked at famous cartoon takes on Peter and the Wolf, Muppet Babies and Tiny Toons, and today's episode follows suit, but with famous puppets instead of famous cartoon characters. Today we're talking about a direct-to-video Sesame Street special, which was marketed as Elmo's Musical Adventure. But if you actually watch it, on the title card of the special itself, it's Peter and the Wolf. And technically, Elmo wasn't even the star, but it was Baby Bear. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's just get into the episode. Moving on to Sesame Street, this is the one where if you want an actual good introduction to Peter and the Wolf for little kids, this is perfect. Oh, it's very good. This this is what I, I wanted all the other things to be. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you save the best for last. Yeah. And I mean, I think I probably, as as like a piece of entertainment, I probably was a little bit more entertained by Tiny Toons as far as like it being hilarious. But I enjoyed this one more as an adaptation of Peter and the Wolf because they did everything that they needed to. Well, and this is, you know, it because it's because it's um, Sesame Street. I think there is a different level of expectation. If they didn't yeah. do a, a a decent, solid um, version, then you'd look at it and go, "Okay, you spent, you know, forty minutes or whatever um, telling this tale, and it wasn't semi accurate." Yeah, and I think, especially because it's Sesame Street, like there's an expectation of them to be educational. And if you want to introduce kids to classical music and be educational with it, Peter and the Wolf is the perfect thing to go with. Agreed. It's kind of interesting that they called this, like they sold this as Elmo's musical adventure, but like it does not say that anywhere in the show. It's specifically called Peter and the Wolf in the actual episode. (laughs) Well, and it might've been, was it maybe like a series that they did? Like they did Elmo's musical adventure, but it was, you know, maybe this, and then they went on to do other, other musicals. I don't think so. They, they were, from what I can tell, looking at their, the Muppet wiki, um, the, they were making Peter and the wolf. Like that, that was the whole point of this. I don't think it was part of another series. Oh, okay. okay. I think they were just kind of using Elmo's star power to sell the tape probably oh no absolutely and I mean then and now I mean Elmo is one of those driving forces I mean for whatever you've got you know for whatever Big Bird or um uh Zoe or any of the others or Grover whoever bring to the table I mean Elmo Mm -hmm. is kind of the star of the show yeah these days it kind of is when I was younger like really young I didn't care and then I got older and then I'm I think it was one of those things where you like hear people talking negatively about something. And then at that point I was like, there's too much Elmo. I don't like Elmo. <laughs> uh, so I was kind of like anti-Elmo. But now looking back, Elmo is, Elmo can be hilarious. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, and they're... I think it's, it's oversaturation. It's like you could have yeah, a really good too. song on the radio. And even though the song didn't do anything wrong, it's played so much yeah and it just gets it, it kind of kills it like like even when i was a kid like you know you had tickle me elmo and all that kind of stuff yeah elmo <laughs> he was everywhere as when i was a kid oh yeah and still is just i mean to some extent i guess yeah he's kind of the star they've kind of added in that 
um, Abby Cadabby fairy. Mm-hmm. So, so they're kind of like both of them are the stars of the show now, I guess. I haven't really watched Sesame Street recently. So no, I haven't either. I, I, was see, always my I favorite. see clips that go viral. That's, <laughs> that's about the recently people have been digging up old clips of Elmo and Zoe. Like, have you seen with the rock? Oh my God, that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Angry Elmo. Just, I can't imagine being the puppet tier and like, they're like, okay, we want you to be a little bit miffed. It's like, how do you, how would you even draw the line as far as, you know, finding a good balance of, okay, Elmo still has to be Elmo, but he has to be slightly upset at this. <laughs> the, there, were, there was a couple clips where he seemed a little more than slightly upset. Oh, I know. He was like really ticked off about this <laughs> rock. This rock is not real. Do not make me pretend that this rock is alive. Don't give me rock cookies. <laughs> It's a rock! It's a rock! It's not a a person! It's Donald Cuckles! Wait, Elmo! Rocco says that he wants the oatmeal raisin cookie! Rocco! Rocco's a rock, Zoe! Rocco won't know the difference! Yes, he will! You can't have that cookie, Elmo. Rocco wants to eat it. How? How is Rocco going to eat that cookie, Zoe? Tell Elmo. Rocco doesn't even have a mouth. Rocco's just a rock. I will say when <laughs> when, when this whole thing started and they brought out Baby Bear, I I was, I that whole character, I, oh, that there had to have been better choices than Baby Bear. <laughs> that whole character, the voice, the whole way that he lays down. He looks like a middle-aged accountant. <laughs> i know that's a moot point as far as the over like it, it has no bearing on the episode as a whole but i i was just sitting there like oh my god i'll look and see like the tie the collar all i can see is middle-aged accountant <laughs> what is this character <laughs> why does he get to go to the boss and pops people that just seems that's just not fair. Like, let the other guys go. He has a rich dad, I guess. Yeah, something like that. Well, I mean, he's got his dad has a fancy hat, and if that's not an indicator of you know of being being affluent, I don't know what does. <laughs> Plus, his dad apparently is like best friends with the director of the Boston Pops. So that would have been an interesting story as far as the background. Like, oh, how did these two meet? How did they become friends? Did they go it's, to college together? It's one together? of those things. It's like in there was like so many times in. I'm thinking, I guess, specifically of, like, watching Arthur. Did you ever watch Arthur as a kid? Uh, a little bit, yeah. So anytime that they would have, like, a celebrity guest, they would have it, like, somehow be related to one of the characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happens. <laughs> like, that that seemed to happen in a, a bunch of old shows. Like, Arthur is the one that comes to mind the most. Just, they want a celebrity. So, like, oh, this is my my uncle, my third great uncle on my mom's side. <laughs> Twice removed, of course. I I I did like with Baby Bear how he seems to know nothing, but yet he seems too smart for what he should be. Like when he's at when they're at the symphony, and like the story keeps getting interrupted because he's like freaking out and getting excited. And then everybody around him is shushing. He's like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't know the protocol." You know, just to get, you know, he knows the stuff, but he just gets excited, you know? 
he's you know you get to see the boston pops orchestra i mean yeah how, how could you not how could you not get excited and forget things you know, there are times when i'm watching the boston pops orchestra that i forget to breathe so <laughs> so the thing that i liked most about this one i guess is like i've talked about with other things and like in a lot of different versions of different things is seeing which character gets cast in which part. Oh yeah. So of course you get Elmo as Peter in this version. And I also, I really liked that they made Big Bird to be the grandpa. <laughs> and they like, this is the grumpiest <laughs> Big Bird has ever been. <laughs> like Big Bird is usually like a ray of sunshine. So sweet and innocent. <laughs> this is like, he's, Chewing Elmo out for being disobedient. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, well, someone's got to keep Elmo in line, and it's good to know that at the end of the day, Big Bird fills that role where needed. <laughs> and then you also had Zoe as the bird, and the duck was Telly, mm -hmm. and I, I loved Oscar as the cat. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, but Telly, Telly as the duck, just that whole part was so cute. Yes, and like I through the whole thing, I was waiting because if you've seen any other version, you know the duck gets eaten, and I was like, "How is Sesame Street going to handle one of their characters getting devoured by a wolf?" <laughs> they handled it with, I mean, Sesame Street never uh, rarely does things in a way that isn't like really well done. Like it's well thought yes. out and it makes sense. And this is just you know there's no misstep there it's cute it's, it's and funny, funny. <laughs> yeah and it's funny for more than just little kids like a little kid's gonna laugh at that and go hee 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 you know Telly took off his, his bill hee 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 but then adults can look at it and go well let's you know you know kind of smirk at it and kind of say oh that's pretty cute yeah because I mean it says me straight you're not going to have a character straight up die <laughs> but I love that they have the narrator say that he gets eaten and then telly's like nobody told me about this i'm out of here <laughs> rips off his beak and stomps out <laughs> but no matter how hard the duck tried to run he couldn't escape the wolf what's happening he was getting nearer and nearer catching up to him <laughs> and then he ate him what? Whoa, 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 stop everything! He eats me? Nobody told me that the duck gets eaten in this story. Well, you can forget it! Well, I quit! Huh? Where's he going? That's it? You mean he's gonna leave us with the wolf while he's still hungry? Hmm. And I love, I love that it came back later as a hunter. <laughs> like, I don't want to leave completely, so I'm just going to come back as a different character. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that the hunter was the two-headed... I love I the two-headed monster. <laughs> yeah. I loved them as a kid. I'm, I was glad to see them have a role. I hadn't seen them in anything in ages. I thought they made a great hunter. Oh, yeah. and it, or a it, great it's pair a... of hunters. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's one thing, too. Across the board, there's... And obviously it's a bigger, it's more than just an average episode of Sesame Street, but mm -hmm. there's so much that goes into it. Well, you know, whether you're talking about like the, the backgrounds are so intricate, there's, there's so much interaction there's so many puppets. There's so many mm -hmm. puppets. It's, 
you know, and characters that don't say a thing, they're just there to to add to it. There's little butterflies that are flying around. It, it's it's a really well thought out and well planned thing. Mm-hmm. It feels lived in as far as Muppets go. Yeah, especially in the beginning and end scene where they're like at the village and there's like all the Muppets all around. Yep. It it felt like like a Muppet movie, like Muppets Christmas Carol or something where like going through the village, it was like that level of puppets everywhere. Absolutely. And the way that they integrated the the different um musicians, I thought was yes. just, like the poor the poor guy with the uh the drums behind the tree. <laughs> I love that they had the musicians follow them around and like they're actually part of the story. Yeah, and then they get they kind of break the fourth wall and say, Where have you guys been? <laughs> Yeah, I I like any time the, the all three of these I think broke the fourth wall, but I liked any time that they broke the fourth wall. Yeah, and it's just it, it's cute, and it's it's you can appreciate it as a little kid, but you can also appreciate it as an adult or just kind of watching it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't say that I would pick up this and watch it offhandedly, but it was entertaining and it had some very cute bits. It was informational. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can appreciate what it is regardless of age. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love Muppets, whether they're the Muppets or the Sesame Street Muppets. Mm-hmm. They're usually very entertaining. Very much. I also liked going back to Baby Bear. He was kind of annoying at times, especially when he kept interrupting. But he had some lines that really cracked me up. I don't know why. <laughs> like when his dad is talking about bringing him to like meet the orchestra and he's like i don't know that i'm emotionally propelled for this (laughs) that was so cute (laughs) and then later on when the conductor is introducing him to all the characters and he's like or the instruments and he's they're they're trying to teach him like about imagining the story in her head and the they have the lady playing the violin and he's like now what picture do you see in your imagination well, I see this lady playing the violin. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, that, those are very good. Um, it was also cute when the uh, the musicians are following um, the various characters around, and they kind of react the same way that the characters are reacting. Mm-hmm. Like there's one where they have kind of a moment of panic, and all of a sudden, the, all the all the musicians in the background are kind of running around doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I also liked that the wolf, this is very random, <laughs> the wolf was the big bad wolf puppet. Like, if you've seen Sesame Street, you know there's the big bad wolf shows up from time to time. It's a big purple wolf puppet. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because I've been doing a bunch of Peter and the Wolf versions recently, and I was telling Sarah the last time that we recorded one that the big bad wolf, I don't remember, I don't remember if this is in an episode or not, I but or at maybe it was after, but we were talking about the big bad wolf and I was telling her that there was a big bad wolf Sesame street character. And cause we were talking about different wolf puppets and how well they were made as like wolves aren't usually represented very nicely in media. No, not in that respect, at least. <laughs> and so we randomly were talking about the Sesame street, big bad wolf and this is before I had discovered the Sesame Street version, Peter and the Wolf. So I was I thought it was kind of funny and ironic that we had just been talking about the Big Bad Wolf p- 
puppet and he shows up as a character in a Peter and the Wolf version from <laughs> Sesame Street. <laughs> that is cute. And that's it always seems like it goes that way. Like you talk about something and then it shows up that way. <laughs> yeah. He was a little different in this version though cuz normally he talks and this he was a lot closer to like an animalistic wolf. Mm-hmm. Like he was on all fours at points and he's not usually like that. He's usually more like an anthropomorphic character. Well, I suppose it was a good way to kind of keep separation between the characters that could talk and the characters yeah. that couldn't. It kind yeah. of um it could have gotten too silly if he talked because there was a different version that we watched with puppets and the wolf talked and it was kind of ridiculous. There was You you couldn't really take the story of that seriously. Not that you could take this one that seriously, but right. it's a lot less serious when the wolf is talking and trying to weasel his way into into and out of situations. Oh, exactly. And like I said, I really liked Oscar as the cat and... I loved how at the end when Grandpa Big Bird is chewing out Elmo for doing this dangerous thing, the cat's all excited of like, like everybody's been too nice. <laughs> I'm ready for somebody to be grumpy. And then he's upset when they when he apologizes and they make up. <laughs> and the whole um yeah, like you were talking the like when Big Bird at the end too is you know, saying, well, you know, Peter, you know, you did wrong by doing this. It's like, Peter just saved the day. I, mm-hmm. you, know, what, you, you can't fault him for, you know, saving everything and basically making, you know, the wolf, the wolf, you know, not a bad guy anymore and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's true to most versions of the story anyways, because you usually have the grandpa upset that Peter went out and went after the wolf on his own, but he's still proud of him for actually somehow capturing this wolf even though he's a small child (laughs) (laughs) brains over bronze right yeah and the eyebrows on the uh, bad wolf puppet are hilarious (laughs) yeah that's kind of his the character's defining feature on century street giant caterpillar eyebrows (laughs) (laughs) you know what i wouldn't expect anything less he's kind of like uh bert He needs to maybe go visit the uh, salon and have them plucking them down a little bit. <laughs> he wouldn't be as iconic without his giant bushy brows. That is true. It is totally adorable. It's just, it's, it's such a cute version. And like you said, it is the most true to it. You get the music, you get to see the um, instruments in action, both in, you know, like a theatrical or the, the uh, Sesame Street setting and in an actual orchestra setting. It's got a lot of good to it. Yeah, this is definitely one that it's a very good introduction to not just Peter and the Wolf, but like classical music and orchestras in general. Mm-hmm. If you want your kid to be exposed to something a little bit more cultural, oh, this yeah. is a good stepping stone into that arena. Agreed. <laughs> and uh, it was interesting too, they actually, the all the scenes with the Boston Pops Orchestra, they actually went on location that that whole thing was an actual symphony hall where they were playing i think they recreated the sets where like they're sitting in the seats like from when the camera is pointed at the audience like watching everybody i think that was a recreated set 
but like when they're looking down over the audience, like that whole thing was all shot on on location. And that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, because to try and do what they do with the puppets, you do need a rather large amount of space. You probably wouldn't normally get with that. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I wouldn't. Well, I would have noticed one, but I didn't realize that the audience when they're getting into their seats at the beginning most of the people around them are all Muppet performers. Oh, cool. And I, I definitely sense. would have noticed Carol Spinney because he is, I mean, I, everybody knows Carol Spinney. Mm-hmm. He, so he was in the back, but most of the people around them were some of the the other, I guess, lesser known, not as famous <laughs> as Carol Spinney, Muppet performers. <laughs> the one that handles the uh, big bad wolf or something like that, right? <laughs> That's a cool piece of trivia. Very cool. So where does this one rank for you as far as um, amongst all the other ones that you've reviewed? Mm, Maybe third. It depends on... There's one that I watch that I haven't decided exactly how I feel about it yet. (laughs) Like, it is bizarre. Like it, it did Peter and the wolf and then went off on a whole different direction and the puppets were weird, but it was like bizarrely entertaining. So even though I was confused for at least half of it, I did (laughs) like it (laughs) and it might be my second favorite version. But then there was another one with Art Carney. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Did he, did he did he do as good of a job as he did in the Star Wars holiday special? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was really cheesy and it was but it was entertaining. So I I don't know if that one should be up in my top ranking or not. I mean, it's not like there's a ton of versions of Peter and the Wolf to right, choose from. Right. And the one that is the best is far beyond any of the others like it is the absolute best and no other version could ever top it it's like a a really amazing stop motion short film oh nice i think you would like it you you should watch it it sometime if you can find it yeah that one is my favorite and then the others are like really far down below that (laughs) but the sesame street one is near the top of the second tier versions that i've seen I get you. Well, and that you can see the work that went into it. There is, there's a that you can tell that there's love towards all parts of it. Yes. Plus, I mean, it's Muppets, so yeah, <laughs> I love Muppets. <laughs> you have good taste. Well, yeah, I think that's about all for these. Yeah. I'm glad we could do these because I was about like I was about to wrap up my. Peter and the Wolf series, and then I don't know how I missed these, <laughs> because when I was looking for different versions, I did not see these in any list, and suddenly I just I noticed these in like a line on Wikipedia, and I was like, oh no, I can't not do <laughs> Muppets, not. Sesame Street, and Tiny Toons. I cannot <laughs> not do them. So I had to get you on board too, because I mean, got it have you involved somehow because you hadn't done any Peter and the Wolf yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's been an absolute pleasure. Like I say, the, I, I kind of feel bad because I, I know the music. Like the, It's one of those things where you hear it and you just know mm-hmm. it, but you don't necessarily yeah. know where it comes from. 
And I mean, mm. it was informational for me. Like there was a lot that I had never, or, you know, or if you did, you'd learned it as a kid and you kind of forgot about some of it. So mm-hmm. it was a cool little walk down memory lane with some of the things I grew up with. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't seen Tiny Toons in a long time, even though like I, I bought the DVDs years ago, but I hadn't watched them in ages. So yeah. it was nice to see them again. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, anything like that is going to be a time and place thing. If you don't have a reason to watch them and they're not necessarily something you're going to sit down and just watch. Yeah. None of these really were. So it's, it's nice that these series kind of give me an excuse to watch some things that I probably wouldn't have seen otherwise. Oh yeah. Plus, I mean, how often do you get to watch someone, you know, uh, uh, play a bassoon? (laughs) Not very often, although I have seen it semi-often in the last couple of months watching the various versions of Peter and the Wolf. You have been fulfilled then. (laughs) I'm just uh, kind of watching back over stuff as we go along here and man they really they knew how to tie knots in that poor wolf. (laughs) It wasn't going anywhere. Oh yeah I I loved the scene when everybody like jumps on the wolf. (laughs) Like (laughs) just throw the puppets at him. Yeah, but no more of that stuff, okay? Yeah, it's a good boy, yeah. Okay. Well, that is the way to ultimately, you know, tackle a wolf. Y'all just kind of <laughs> uh, pig pile. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't trust myself any other way. There's no, a lot of people. You got you to gotta all go at once. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't embody that wolf, he's going to try and do it again, even if you catch him. Yeah, you'll end up like the duck. <laughs> <laughs> mean dripping off your own bill? <laughs> uh, the duck in other versions where ah. he is swallowed whole and never heard from again. Oh, I thought he just disappeared. <laughs> You're telling me he was eaten? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Poor duck. Poor Fozzie. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of versions try to soften that and have the duck miraculously survive somehow. <laughs> and that's not how it went in the original story. No, but you look at a lot of that stuff. I mean, whether you're talking like Hans Christian Andersen, like the original Hans Christian Andersen um, stories, Aesop's fairy tales, all of those things were a lot more harsh back in the day and they've been kind of mellowed down through the ages. Yeah. We were talking about that when I think when in the first one that we recorded where we were like, you can tell that this one wasn't like an Aesop's fable or Grimm's brothers because Peter didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> Only the duck did. Exactly. If, if the Grimm's brothers had written this, the wolf would have eaten Peter and the moral would have been, listen to your grandfather, you'll be devoured by a wolf. <laughs> You know, generally speaking, that is incredibly good life advice that not enough people listen to. (laughs) (laughs) And as you go forward, make sure to pay attention to that, people. Yes. 
Always listen to your grandfather or you'll be devoured by wild beasts. Yes. <laughs> well, I guess that'll be it for this episode. Excellent. As always, an absolute pleasure. <laughs> you want to let people know where they can find you if they want more content from you? Absolutely. If you also don't want to be devoured by a wolf, un- unfortunately, or just disappear randomly, you know, halfway through a movie... You can find me here on YouTube at Trivial Theater. Uh, just type that in and uh, you'll find me. You can also find me on Twitter at Trivia underscore Chick. Okay. And I will have those linked below. Well, until next time. It has been an absolute pleasure as always. And uh, may your French horns always give you a warning that a wolf is on the way. <laughs> a very good well wish to leave with. Yes. Thanks for listening to this episode of Every Version Ever. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to the Every Version Ever YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well. Any relevant links will be in the description for easy access. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.